Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by Lagos Bible Software. Get the best Bible software at logos.com slash docanddevo. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. You hear that, dude? Hear what? What, the thing? The the heat? No, listen, do you hear that? It sounds like somebody's tapping on the window. Okay, enough. What? Enough. (laughs) Jimmy's wife. Stop. We're sitting here getting ready to record at the church, right? We had a great elders meeting, like praying, tackling these issues. And um, and then we're getting ready to record. Brian's out there going to get us some sushi. Thank, like, yep, thanks, so many Brian. good things are happening. And then uh, we're getting ready to record. And Jimmy's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm getting a text from my wife. And and your wife said something about like there's a guy trying to break in the house and kill her no, or something. She didn't, she didn't what, say what, that. What, no, what did she say? Hey, heard this light tapping on the window in the playroom. Then it sounded like someone tried opening it. So I locked all the doors. Let me know when you get home and I'll unlock it. All right. Let me tell you right now. I, I, I do have some... Let's just say uh, experience mm. with both breaking into houses oh. and horror movies. Okay, and mm. this tells me that you should not be here. You should be. You should be checking on your wife right now. Well, uh, hold on. You you didn't even ask me what my response was. Well, what was your response? We had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> Bow shell, <laughs> just like you did to Doug Logan oh, in the hospital. <laughs> All right, listen. So, what? Seriously, like? Uh, no, what no, did, no, no. Did you, did I, you I, I, I sent my neighbor over. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is this like a, like a fighter, a tough guy, or something like that? What you? you know, everyone has their uh, their gifts. So he's not going to be able to protect her, is what you're saying? Um, he's just going to check around the house. Yeah. All right. She just needs a buffer. If there is an axe wielding maniac, okay? just, is he a buffer? Just, can he be a buffer? Can he could be a buffer. Okay, great. I That's all you need. Jeff, thank you, thank you, Jeff and Jenny. You guys are great neighbors. All right. Nice knowing you. Yeah, we had a good run. <laughs> I feel so bad. Your wife's probably I feel like out. as a unit, we're doing well. They don't listen to the show, but if they did, they'd understand that. Mm, okay. That's our inside joke. Don't do inside jokes. I'm doing inside. Nobody I'm likes do, that. I'm going to do inside within inside jokes. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's any good. Hey, uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, well, actually, I think, you know, you should know. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold Wait, on. what? Wait a second here. What? You said something about your, your, uh, your experience breaking into. Yeah. And watching horror movies. Uh, is that know, why CNN is, is doing is, a piece prob- on you? This is probably not the time. No. Is this why CNN is is writing okay. a piece on how unorthodox you are? Okay. It's not CNN. Yes, it is. No, no, no. It, okay. It's CNN not, is writing about you. Okay. It's did, not did CNN not, on... Did, it's, you, it's not, did you not get a uh, journalist reaching out uh, okay, well, for her story? Uh, I did get a okay. quote From journalist. From CNN. No. Yeah. Well, yes. No, it's not... Not cable news network. Well, you, yeah, I said CNN. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there is a Christian news network or something. Yeah, CNN. I got, I got a letter. I got an email from a lady. A letter. <laughs> I got an email from a lady who works there, and she was like, hey, um, uh, I see you're preaching at this the Philadelphia Conference of Reformed Theology, mm. and I uh, wanted to talk to you about that, ask you a few questions. Maybe you can, uh, you know, hit me back and let me let me know. I don't know if that – no, that yeah, wasn't it. Yeah, and then, I, and, and then she says – you know, you you do have a pretty unorthodox persona, and that, that's uh, what she said. And then yep. she's like, "So, you know, I'd like to ask you a few questions and give you a chance to respond." And so I thought, "Oh, yeah, that yeah. sounds like a hit piece." Yeah, I said, "Okay, so it sounds like you've already decided to write an article about me speaking at a conference that you don't think I belong at. If that's the case, can you let me know?" 
And then, uh, and then apparently she sent a much more detailed, mm-hmm. uh, detailed email to the, uh, the, the, guy organi- organizer, the yeah. Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. That, that, that's organizing it. Yeah. And so, yeah, she was saying that, uh, in that email, here, I'll bring it up. Oh. Uh, okay. So in that email, uh, she identifies who she is by name, the website, the Christian news website. It's not like the post or anything like that. It's yeah, not, it's not one you've heard about. Um, she, uh, she wants to ask them about the conference and specifically the decision to include Joe Thorne in the Bible conference. <laughs> Thorne is unorthodox to say the least is one of the things he oh, says. to say the least. Including in regard to his, pub- it's like a bad grammar, I don't know. Anyway, including well, in Christian regard news Network. to his publicly expressed love, infatuation, and even regular promotion of smoking cigars, drinking bourbon, and other hard liquor, and obtaining tattoos, as well as watching horror movies, listening to heavy metal music, and reading, quote, dark fiction, and quote, including works that would be deemed occultic. I don't even know what she's talking about there. Um, and then she kind of goes on. I want to say yeah. it is refreshing mm. to get this kind of journalism. Mm. In, 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 in Tackling our, the hard issues. In our, exactly. In our culture today, I don't feel like there is any journalistic integrity mm. left. Yeah. Well, uh, too many people are biased. She is getting right to the heart of the issue. Joe, yeah. how, how could you say you are a orthodox, you know, believer if you have an unorthodox persona yeah uh well because orthodoxy refers to um doctrine orthopraxy of course refers to practice and my orthodoxy and orthopraxy fall within scriptural parameters i believe except when i'm sinning and i'm pretty open about that too i'll Mm. confess my sin so i don't know i don't need to get into it the point is is that (laughs) they're writing something on me it's probably out by the time this thing drops but i do want to say i do want to you're 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 leaving out the best part oh yeah what's that homeboy Oh yeah, the guy homeboy yeah. represented well. That well, right there. All we're gonna say is that right. She there. got a response from the guy that's heading up the alliance, and he had a very gracious, very kind response to her, explaining that you know Joe Thornton's been vetted. Uh, we're happy to have him. And I feel like it was a five paragraph clapback. Oh yeah, it was. That, yeah. that, that no, was it was, a it was good. I mean, he was he was pointing to doctrine and being very generous. And, and he offered some resources. Yeah. Listen, uh, I felt I felt very loved because no, I, I actually told him I said, "Listen, it. I'll step that out." That is how you handle it. I, I said, "I'll step out." Yeah. I don't mind. I don't want to be the guy that you know. I'm already I'm already the ugly troll at that conference, right? It's all these super brilliant Presbyterians and then me. Um, and he's like, <gasps> "No, man, we want you." Helopolis is going to be. We there. already been talking. Yeah, we're going to grab uh, lunch. What? Yeah, man, you should come. Hey, listen, can we now? Can we talk about what? We're no, talk but about? I wanted to go. Brian's bringing sushi. I kept dropping hints about wanting to go, and you haven't you, you haven't invited me. Well, do you want to go to that, or do you want to go to the normal pastors' conference that I'm speaking at? Oh, Jared's going to be at the other one. Mm-hmm. But Pat's already asked if he can go to that one. I'll, uh, yeah. I might be busy that weekend. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, let's get to it because Brian's bringing sushi. We got to talk about this thing. Nobody cares about all this stuff. People are bored. All right, so what are we, we yeah, we're talking about uh, adoption. We're in the 1689, Chapter 12. Oh, yeah, and it's just one paragraph, so we're going to do the whole thing, right? Yep. I love this doctrine. Jimmy, do you like this doctrine? Oh, I love <laughs> I love me the doctrine of adoption. And actually, I think a lot of our, uh, a lot of people in our church, not only do they love the doctrine of adoption, they seek to extend. We've got a lot of adoption oh. going on, like like actual yeah. adoption of, of children uh, and foster care too. Yeah. And we got all that stuff going on here at Redeemer. It, it, percentage-wise, it's got to be way beyond the, the, the average in your average church. Yeah, it's I don't crazy. have any data to, to point, you know, to... But I know that I'm right. Okay. I, I, I know, no but I know, I know that I'm <laughs> but right. But you know what I do know is, is right? Yeah. Uh, Packer. Yeah. When Packer talks about yeah, he says uh, adoption stuff. in Go. knowing God... Do it, do it, do it. Do it. 
Our understanding of Christianity cannot be better than our grasp of adoption. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child Mm. and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. Hold on. That is so good. No, no, I got to do that last line again. I can do it again. Here you go. Uh, If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. (laughs) That right there's a Packer clap back. That was a a clap Packer back. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Hey, man. uh, Yeah. So get knowing God. You guys we will link to it in the show notes. You got to get that book. If you haven't read it, then um, you're not sanctified. So, um, Let's get right into it. 1689, chapter 12 of adoption. Here it is. All those that are justified, God conferred in and for the sake of his holy son, Jesus Christ, to make partakers of the grace of adoption, by which they are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God, Mm. have his name put on them, receive the spirit of adoption, have access to the throne of grace with boldness, are enabled to cry, Abba, Father, are pitied, protected, provided for, and chastened by him as Father, yet never cast off, but sealed for the day of redemption and inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. Some good stuff, man. It's some good stuff. So let's run through this. Give people some scripture to to read and to think about as it relates to the doctrine of adoption in this beautiful chapter. I mean, first of all, I mean, talks about, it uses the the, the phrase that the grace of adoption, right? Mm -hmm. So then we talk, like, I mean, adoption is a gift. It's not something that's deserved. It's not something that you've earned. Right. It's something that is bestowed upon you. uh, And it's it's given by a uh, loving merciful, forgiving, benevolent right. creator. It's 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 interesting because you think of what God gives you, right? You've got the forgiveness of sins yeah. and you've got eternal life and you've got all of these things. But this doctrine of adoption is like him lavishing this insane amount of of mercy and kindness on us that yeah. we would never thought of this on our own. No, no. And I mean, actually, uh, Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Uh, I mean, that's, 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 that, that's a powerfully packed, uh, yeah. uh, passage there, right? Adoption was central yeah. in the thinking, uh, and the plan of God in redeeming a people for himself. Yeah. I mean, and, and even, later on talks about uh in Ephesians you know it's like though you were enemies right like yeah. it, so it's that sense of like you were you were far off from god and yet he himself has brought you near and not even brought you he brought you so near to him that he calls you son right yeah so in Ephesians it's like you were children of wrath but now you are children of god right yep. and that brings us to this next part right where it says that you are you are made to be a uh, a child of god mm. right um and this this idea where like you don't start out as the child of God, you don't start no. out like we're all, you know people like to say well we're all God's children, and uh, and like that's like liberal theology classically was all about the fatherhood of God and the mm-hmm. brotherhood of man. By the way, brotherhood of man, very interesting Motorhead song. Oh, so I'll, I'll get on it. Um, so the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. Now, those are good biblical concepts, but in the liberal perspective, it was much more the idea that God is the father of all people and we are all supposed to love each other. And so it was this very general and vague, not very Christocentric, yeah. certainly not an orthodox view. We are not all the children of God. 
We all belong to God. And if that's what you mean, like, well, we're all to God's children in that we're all God's creation. Fine. Okay, fine. You, but, you got that. But yeah. that's not what scripture says. Scripture presents the idea that you are the enemy of God, the child of wrath. You become the child of God by God's grace in John chapter one, verse 12. But to all who did receive him, speaking of Jesus, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You are not the child of God by right. You are not the child of God by inheritance. Mm -hmm. You are made children of God by the will of God who sent his son to die for you, to redeem you and his spirit to regenerate you. So, yeah, I mean, this is adoption, right? It's a it's a gracious act whereby God makes us his child. And with that, then um, it, it's it's I, th I think often of like. When I, when I think about adoption, I look at uh, mm. just tangible examples, right? And uh, Don Jones talked about this. He talked about uh, biblical theology and, and adoption. It was Man, fantastic. We should have had uh, him at the conference. I don't want. I, I don't want to have this conversation with you on air. Yeah, I tried to ask you that we should do that. And I hate you, you so much because you, you know. I, I, it, so just, whatever, just, anyways, so, Don Jones. He's a <laughs> he's the head of Bible at Crossway. He's a member here at Redeemer. He's an awesome guy. Anyways, so he's talking about it, and um, but either way, like what, what what I'm trying to get at is, it's this picture of uh, when one's brought near. It's like you have no more. I guess, right, right? Like you have no more stake in your old life. You now receive the inheritance and all blessings that are due you right. as a, an adopted child, right? And so the 16 talks about that. Enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God so that right. us, as, as Joe was talking about before, we are children of wrath. Now we are brought children of God. As, as children of wrath, we deserve the just wrath of God. Mm -hmm. And as children of God, we receive... The merciful grace of our God. I like the idea, right? That we enjoy as as children. Children are supposed to enjoy the liberties and privileges of being the child yeah. of their father. Yep. And so, like, I, what are the liberties and privileges that a child enjoys from a good father? Right. Whether it's oh, bouncing right. on his knee, yeah. like I, I can I can literally remember my dad used to bounce me on his knee and do this thing where I, a little horse ride downtown. He would well, yeah, me. I know, but I was there. That was two weeks ago. Stop it! It wasn't. My dad's not that strong. <laughs> I'm a little too heavy these yeah, days. Yeah. Uh, first of all, he is that strong. He is you're that, that strong. Small. He's got that old man strength. Oh, it's it's strong. So, uh, but whether it's like it's it, it snuggles and hugs or reading a story or or just being able to like like you, like your dad isn't likely to be comfortable just letting some strange kid sit in the recliner with him to watch the Bears game, right? Oh, or, no, I, yeah. or or to read a story to him at night, or to have his love and faithfulness uh, upon him. It, yeah. it, it, it the, the rights and the privileges are beautiful. I, I love that. Yeah, the intimacy, the communion, that, and that's right? that's a real that's a real and, part and of the it. access. I think that's the part, like the access yeah. that a child has uh, to their father. Yeah. In fact, uh, we're going to get to that here, the idea of access here in just a minute. But for now, it, it says. Um, you know, there's the grace of adoption made the child of God, enjoying the liberties and privileges of the children of God, but also talks about having the name of God put on them. What like, does that mean? You are God's child. You know, you are a son of God, right? Mm. In, a, in a, obviously in a lesser sense, it's it, it's like saying you are a Christian. You know, it, it, it's not a political title. It's not a religious title in some, you know, humanistic way. Like the, the name of God is stamped upon you. Like I am the son of mm. Jim Thorne. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, you go back to the old, like, you know, I, I got a, some Irish heritage and, you know, like that's how the Irish and the Scottish, a lot of them have their, their names, right? O'Malley, yeah. son of Malley. Malley yeah. um, and even in script, in scripture, you see this in the Jewish context as yep. well. So the name of God is put upon them through this adoption. It's not just like, okay, I'm 
I'm going to let you into my kingdom. I'm going to let you be one of my servants. It is no, uh, not, I'm going to bring you into my home. I'm going to call you a child and I'm going to put my name on you. So everybody knows you're mine. Yeah. And, and with that, then there's this, uh, receive, right? The children of God receive the spirit of adoption. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that before, right? Yeah. You you talk about this a lot. You like this. I I love it because I, I love the idea, the picture uh, especially like in baptism, right? Dying to the ults of being raised to new life, yeah. where scripture talks about, uh, you are no longer that, that, that old man, but you are this new creation in Christ. And with that yeah, is, yeah. You, always you are, you are no longer 8. a rat. You always quote Romans 8 15. You always go to Romans Oh, 8, I'm so sorry for, oh, I'm, so oh. you're almost charismatic. You, you talk about Romans 8 15 so much. It's like you're charismatic. Well, I, because it's a great passage. It Romans is. 8, it's, a, it's a great passage. But like, you know what? You know why you quote Romans 8 15 all the time? Because I'm a child of God. Because you're a crier. Romans 8.15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. See? And a, stop it. <laughs> read it. Read it. As sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I mean, yeah. th- that's the thing, right? I hear Ooh. that. And I read that. And I think like there's that intimacy. There's that trust. There's that closeness. There's that that earnest desire mm-hmm. uh, to say like that, that cry, Abba, Father. They're, they're, in that, there's like this heartfelt like yeah. – dependency this this heartfelt need to uh to be close to the father and i think that's the part that i I absolutely love there yeah well and again like you're a guy that you're close to your dad like a lot of people do not have that you and i have a very close relationship with our fathers we love our dad they're not perfect men they're flawed men just like well speak for your dad oh i'm sorry my dad will beat your dad i'm sorry yeah dr bentley yeah um so (laughs) like they are good men, yeah. right? In, yeah, in, yeah. in a civil sense, right? They're 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 yeah, very good men. Respectful and they're loving and they're caring, and so we're close to that. And so the idea that we have something even more profound with oh, our yeah. heavenly Father is huge. And th- this, like, and so it goes on to even emphasize again, Abba Father, in the confession. And here it's talking about this spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba Father. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm. You're not just forgiven. You're not just cleansed. You are actually now inhabited by the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's that spirit that now is linking you to God and making you his child. You have the spirit of adoption in you. And that is what allows us to have access to the throne of grace with boldness, it says right here in the confession. And this is a picture that I love. Yes, the God is your father, but your father is the king. You know, your, your father is the Lord and he sits on a throne. And so everybody has a different relationship with their dad. right? Yeah. And so there's different personas, different like personalities, um, different occupations. And so kids are going to relate to their dads in different ways. God really is our father, but he is the Lord who sits on a throne. But here we're told that he sits on a throne of grace. And because of our adoption, we can actually approach him boldly, not arrogantly, but boldly, yeah. which means we have no fear of going before him in a worldly sense. We're not afraid that he's going to crush us. We know that he sits on a throne, but his arms are open to us. When he sees us walking in, he's got a smile on his face. Here's my boy. Yeah. There's my girl. Come and jump on my lap. Like that's the yeah. perspective. He sits on a throne of grace. We read about this in... Um, if, uh, Ephesians chapter two eighteen, right? We have bold, we have access in one spirit to mm. the Father. And Hebrews talks about we boldly approach the throne of grace. So, like, there's this picture of God who welcomes us into His holy presence, and our sins do not uh, condemn us, and we're not afraid of being punished because all His mercy has been shown to us in Jesus Christ, and. Let me just say, mm. like we're, we're talking about this doctrine of adoption, right? Yeah, yeah. This so, access. And like the, the doctrine of adoption 
is beautiful. It's big. You can read J.I. Packer. But if you want to really understand it, like if you want to have access to the doctrine of adoption, mm. like you have access to the God on the, who sits on the throne of grace. You need access to Lagos 8. Yeah, that's exactly what you need. It, that, that, uh, yeah, I think I know where you're going here, Joe. Because I, I have Lagos 8. Jimmy, do you have Lagos 8? Yes, I do. How I, often do you use it? Don't lie. Every day. Every multiple day. times a day. Every day. Every of the day. Every Every of the day. Every of the day. That's more often than every day. Exactly. Man, um, and you know what they're doing? So Lagos is doing this thing, right? So you guys know, uh, a lot of you have went and purchased Lagos uh, through our link, lagos.com slash doc and devo. That's D-O-C-A-N-D-D-E-V-O. But they, what they want you to check out, maybe maybe you haven't pulled the trigger yet because, you know, buying a library is expensive. Oh, right? yeah, it is. yeah. And this is, this, is, this is an investment. So, but here's what they're doing. You go to logos.com slash doc and Devo. Yep. And from there, go to the base packages and check out Logos 8 Basic. Mm. Now, Jimmy, if they get Logos 8 Basic, they're going to get 25 library resources that I'm sure they don't have. Yeah. Um, and how much is it going to cost them? It'll be free. Wait, like free 99? No, it'll be free. free. Yes, that's what it is. Legit free. Costs you nothing. Go to logos.com slash Doc and Devo. Derek Shrek, you are you have done it again. You have taken care oh, of our, our is this, are we still talking about Derek Shrek Lemon Ding Dong? This is this, this is, is Derek. I can't even yeah, Derek Shrek. This is him. Okay. Yeah. I like Shrek. And so he hooks us up with these deals. You guys Lagos 8 Basic, cost you nothing, get introduced, figure out how it works. And then when you're like, this stuff is legit, then you're going to choose the package that you yeah. want. And here's the best part. Listen, go and and give it a try now. Yeah. And then uh, you can head on over to the conference because Lagos is going to be there. Oh, yeah. Come and they're going to be offering our listeners a discount at the conference. They're also giving away an iPad, I think. They're, yes. They're I heard giving, they're giving away an iPad. They are giving away they're an giving iPad. Away, can I answer? Because I could use another iPad. No, you, you are I not. I need more than one. Nope. They're, they're giving away an iPad. You are not I'm, eligible. I'll get in. You are I'll, not eligible. I will be, I'll be eligible. Nope. Anyway, so yeah. You want to head on over to logos.com slash doc and devo. Grab the base package. Check it out for free. Logos 8 is fantastic. I love it. The one thing, the one thing I'm waiting on. And this is, nobody does this. Nobody I know what you're going to say. But I'm, I'm no, I went online on. and asked about other, nobody does this. When is Logos going to support the Apple Pencil? Well, and it's not even just because it'll support the Apple Pencil in some ways for the iPad. I think what we want is we want to be able to write on any document that we yes. want. We want to be able to use our Apple Pencil. To highlight all that. I, I want to just, just, I want to be able to write on the page, every page. it's got to be hard though because you got to think like they have to. You, when people change sizes, it changes the whole parameters of the document. Figure <laughs> out. Yeah. But listen, nobody does it. Nobody does it. That's but you know why. what? Nobody does it better than, than Lagos. Lagos Bible Software. Yeah. Mm. Good job, Joe. All right, what were, we, what were we talking about? Well, we're talking about <laughs> access to the throne of grace with All boldness. Right. And and now, like oh, as we continue on, this, this, is my, this is my favorite part. I think is this, of this, is this your jam? This is, I, this is my jam. <laughs> uh, so you have this this grace that we've talked about, right? The grace of adoption. You're made a child of God. You enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God. You have the name of God put on you. You receive the spirit of adoption. You have access to the, the throne of grace with boldness. And you are pitied, protected, and provided for. I mean, when I think of that, like, oftentimes I think of like, man, oh, take pity. I think of like, bless It's a bad his, thing. Yeah, I think of, oh, bless his heart. I don't want your pity. Yeah. You know, we say that, or we like, like you know, uh, I pity the fool. 
Is that what we think of? I think of Mr. T. So we think of it like in, in a, in a, a derogatory. Yeah, yeah we not, think of it derogatory. Right? Nobody wants to be pitied, right? That's no, how we think about it. But when, but when we're talking about here, though, mm-hmm. we're talking about the Lord's compassion. Yeah, we're talking about is. his heart for you. Mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, how his heart breaks yeah. for his people when they are suffering. I mean, I think of I think of Exodus, right? I think of Exodus and the burning bush where, you know, uh, God's talking. What? I'm listening. Go ahead. What? I'm well, the home. Lord says to yeah. Moses, okay. do you, you don't no, do I'm that. trying Look to figure out where you're going. Where are you going? Well, no, I'm eager. I'm eager. What he goes, he goes, go. Listen, he goes, I've seen their affliction. I've heard their cries. And I am moved. I am moved for them. I hate you. Why are you doing that? You're, you're just I'm making these faces at Jimmy that it gives the impression that he's going to go in the wrong direction. But this is the right direction. But it is. This I'm is just the right direction. With you. He's like, so God not only sees and hears, but he is moved to action. Yeah. And I mean, you see that same thing in Psalm 103.13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Yeah, that's what it is. Pity is... is I hate you. Oh, that was so funny. God, you kept I'm looking like, like, why are you looking at me like I'm, I'm saying something like, wrong? Well, I, it, it, I'm like, is it, it? It is Exodus. Burning bushes in Exodus. Yeah. Moses is there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So pitied, protected, and provided for. These are fatherly parental concerns, right? Mm-hmm. So to have compassion on your children, also protected, right? Yeah. God protects His people. Now that doesn't mean it ain't gonna work on me, Jimmy. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that He's going to keep you from all physical harm. Even your father yeah. on the earth can't keep you from all physical harm. And and sometimes He will let you make the bad mistake. Sometimes He will let you. Uh, you know, sometimes your dad will let you eat the rock salt, the water softener salt, because you know He wants you to learn like a lesson. You now, know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I, like sometimes He'll let you eat some of the chocolate X lax mm. so you learn. So hold on, I want to get I want to get back yeah. to your first one. Yeah. Was, didn't your father install uh, water heaters? Oh yeah, he was a plumber. Yeah. So when you talk about the rock salt, for the but, salt oh yeah, he let me. I was like, "Is that candy?" And he goes, "Sure is. Have <laughs> have some." So I ate some of that rock salt for the water softener salt. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't candy. And I was like, "What do you? Eat? That looks like looks like chocolate, little tiny chocolate bars." And my dad's <laughs> like, "It's X-Lax. It's, it's a laxative." And I'm like, well, "Is it chocolate?" And he said, "Sure is." <laughs> <laughs> have some. <laughs> so I spent the night on the toilet. Anyway, the point though, the point. Oh, God, Jim Thorne, God, I just God, love you. I'm more not saying now. God does that, but but a father <laughs> will protect you. Um, he oh, he loves was still protect. You. He was having fun with you. Oh yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, <laughs> eh, you know, he let me spend the night on the toilet because of the Xbox. Oh, but he laughed the whole time. So like Proverbs 14:26, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. God is the safety, safe protection of His people, and although He may allow um, circumstances to be painful or harm to befall you, He will preserve your soul, and He mm. will vindicate you and raise you up in the last day. He is a sovereign father who is in control and cares. Yeah. I love that. So pitied, protected, and then provided for. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, that's the thing. It, it, that, okay. So when when I first became a Christian, it almost felt like God only cared about your spiritual well-being. Right. Right. It was always like, oh, he's watching you. You know, you better, you got to make sure you're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until later that it's it, so even in a sense, it felt like, man, God only really cares about my spiritual well-being. It wasn't until years later where, you know, when you started sp- reading the Bible, but it's so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until I, 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 mm. I got off the uh, Bill Hybels uh, reading book list okay. that I came to understand um that God cared not just about your spiritual well-being, but He cared about your physical well-being. Yeah, totally. Right? Like He cared about uh, uh, that you were that you were like you're talking about safe, that you that you're protected, that you're uh, taking care of uh, the physical needs, right? And so I think that 
I love that about God, though, right? I love the fact that our God not only cares about our spiritual well-being, but he cares about our physical well-being, that we have physical needs that are important, yeah. right? Uh, oftentimes, we try to downplay them. But, I mean, look at uh, Matthew 7, 9 to 11. Uh, I love that. It's oh, one of my favorite things that Jesus said. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? <laughs> that would if be he a jerk for- thing to do. That's what my dad used to do to me. But go ahead. He would give you stone? Well, he, I said, is that candy? He's like, oh, yeah, eat up. <laughs> and it was salt. But go ahead. <laughs> or if he asked for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. Did he give you a no, serpent? No, he didn't do that. Okay. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So yeah. it's not just the physical need, right? And so we, you know, he not takes care of spiritual. Need. Yeah, it's not just the spiritual need, but there is the physical need yeah. uh, of that. And I, I also think that he would give the strength that when you are in situations, right. Mm-hmm. And when you're being tempted, when, when you are in despair, uh, when you are uh, looking for wisdom and discernment that the Lord will provide uh, in those circumstances as well. Yeah. I like that. And I, you know, it's one of the things that I've had to preach to myself a lot that God will always give me what is best. And sometimes what mm. is best is not what I want. And it may not even be what I need in an earthly sense. Sometimes what is best is that he gives me the grace to endure yeah. the difficulty, right? So I love that aspect of, of God providing. And this God who is a father, right? He's a father, so he pities, protects, and provides for us. And because he's a father, we are chastened by him as by a father, yet we are never cast off. In yeah. other words- He likes to play, you know, uh, tag. He chases us. No, no, chastens. Yeah, he chases us. Chastens. With he, a T- he, ch- like hide and seek. No, C-H-A-S-T-E-N. Chasten. Chasten. Yeah, he's chasing. not chasing? No, he's not chasing. Stop, stop playing. Uh, so he chases. You're so happy with yourself for that joke. <laughs> Jimmy's dancing. All right, listen. Um, he disciplines us. That's the point, yeah. right? Hebrews 12, uh, 6, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastises every son whom he receives. Listen, if God loves you, right? If God has adopted you, if he is your father through Jesus Christ, then he will discipline you when you are rebelling, when you are stiff-necked, yeah. when you are being disrespectful, when you are unrepentant. God will discipline you because he loves you. And and his discipline towards you, right? Whether it is a, a, a an affliction that you feel in your soul or in your body, or in your circumstances, he will sometimes afflict you for your good that you will learn to share in his holiness through faith and repentance. Mm. He only does this because he loves you and he only has this kind of love for those that he adopts as his children. So like this is one of the great privileges that we have, right? That God loves us enough to not only give us good gifts, but to bring a little bit of pain when we Mm. need it so that we will get back on the right track. God chastens us, but he never casts us off. So we never receive his discipline as some form of some form of divine punishment that's going to make atonement for our sins. That's not what's happening because Jesus took all the punishment for us and for our sins. This is a a remedial, uh, reformative sort of discipline that God brings into our life so that we can enjoy communion with him again. And not only are we never cast off, but we are sealed to the day of redemption. God himself. God himself. The the Holy Spirit uh, seals us, is with us, uh, protects us, is is uh, I'm trying, the word I'm looking for is like is presence, right? Ephesians one thirteen. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised mm. Holy Spirit. So so God Himself is is with you, and so uh, 
I, I just absolutely love that. And I, I think that's where, like, we, where we read in scripture, right? Wonderful counselor, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I just absolutely love, and I don't think we, well, here's the thing. We don't talk about it today often, the Holy Spirit. And I think it's, you know, because of. We do. I think we do. I feel like we do. Do you think so? Yeah, of course we do. I did a whole sermon series on the Holy Spirit. We talk about the Holy oh, Spirit yeah, on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Oh, we good. Do. Yeah, good. Yeah. Four weeks out of how many? Weeks well, first of all, that was a whole summer long series. Thank you very much. First of all, it was four weeks. Nope. It four was, out nope. of 52. It was not four. Four out of you're 52. Wrong. Google it. I, well, Google it. Google it. Because you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Go, you're just wrong. do it. Anyway, so, so, but I think often we don't talk about it. Or the, How about this? The Reformed tradition doesn't talk about it because of- These days, not as much. Yep. These days, not as much. But the greatest works on the Holy Spirit- are from the reformed tradition. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, honestly, whether you're looking at uh, John Owen or, or, or George Smeaton or modern works like Sinclair Ferguson, man, we, uh, honestly, uh, they, they do have the best works. And, mm. and it's the spirit that seals us, right? Um, Ephesians 4.30, do not, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, yes, your salvation is secure, yeah. but it's not just secure because part of the reason it's secure is because Christ died and paid for your sins. But part of the reason it's also secure is because the Holy Spirit himself has sealed you personally, mm. guaranteeing that your inheritance is on the way. I love it. Yeah, what do you mean? Like the inheritance? What, what inheritance? And that's how it ends, right? It talks about the inherit. We inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. So really, like, and there's a bunch of verses that speak to this, but I don't want us to run too long. But let me just say this, that... Um, Heaven for us is not a place earned. on earth. Oh, stop it. Ooh, oh, no. Was that hard? No, don't that? worry about it. Who is that? Don't worry about it. Is that no, Belinda no. Carlisle? No, you're going to make me feel bad. Is that Belinda bad. Carlisle? You're going to make me feel bad. Let's just keep going. Let's okay. Finish up here. So here's the thing. Heaven is ours. Eternal life is ours. Mm-hmm. It's it, But it's an inheritance, meaning you did not earn it. No. It is not because you built it. It is not because you worked for it. You're getting it from your dad. Right, you're getting it from your father, and it is something that he has granted to you. We are co-heirs with Jesus. We learned in, in Ephesians, we inherit everlasting salvation through Jesus Christ, all because, all because we are adopted. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, you got this because Jesus died for you. No, no, no. Yes, okay, you got this because Jesus died for you, and because Jesus died for you, God has justified you, and because God has justified you, he has adopted you as one of his children, and now you have the rights and the privileges of a son in that kingdom. Mm. One of the things that um, that I love is uh, Thomas Watson's Body of Divinity. I love Thomas Watson's works, um, and here's what he says on adoption. We'll conclude with this. Extol and magnify God's mercy, who has adopted you into his family, who of slaves has made you sons of heirs of hell, heirs of promise. Adoption is a free gift. He gave them power or dignity to become the sons of God. As a thread of silver runs through a whole piece of work, so free grace runs through the whole privilege of adoption. Adoption is greater mercy than Adam had in paradise. He was a son by creation, but here is a further sonship by adoption. To make us thankful, consider in civil adoption. There is some worth and excellence in the person to be adopted, but there was no worth in us, neither beauty, nor parentage, nor virtue, nothing in us to move God to bestow the prerogative of sonship upon us. We have enough in us to move God to correct us, but nothing to move him to adopt us. Therefore, exalt free grace. Begin the work uh, uh, Begin the work of angels here. Bless him with your praises who has blessed you in making you his sons and daughters. This is from Thomas Watson's A Body of Divinity. Mm. 
Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctorDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can send up for the email blast or hit up the store. Why? Are you doing seal? Uh, Joe remember yeah, and grab some I had to gear. Google that. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Batman, yo! Alright, first of all, that's the worst Batman. You went, you just did you oh, first just I, referencing the Val Kilmer Batman. It's the Val. It is. A, how did you know it was a Val Kilmer? Because it's the Batman. worst Batman ever. Okay, first of all, George Clooney Batman was worse. No, Val Kilmer. George Clooney's no, Batman no, was worse. Val Kilmer was uh, homoerotic Batman. Oh yeah, he had the nipples on the bats. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But here, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, you're wrong. I'm not wrong for playing you, Seal. Yeah, you. You chose I, I the Batman. You, you, you chose the song. I made reference to a Seal song earlier in the episode. I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to do this podcast. I had it all ready to go so that when you started the Val Kilmer Batman, I could play the video. Later.